punctuates it, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle, and the Leafs are moved again! Hello there and welcome to the Nesson Bruins podcast. Nesson.com's Mike Cole joined as always once again by Lauren Campbell and Logan Mullen, also of Nesson.com. Guys, how you doing? Fantastic. That is so good to hear. Um, we're here to uh, preview the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Bruins did make the playoffs. Congratulations to them. Uh, they will take on the Washington Capitals in a 2-3 matchup uh, in the, what is it, the uh, the Mass Mutual East Division. Um, no free ads, but I guess. You're, you're a Western Mass guy. You should know Mass Mutual. Yeah, I, well, I, for whatever reason, I had Bay Bank on the mind. Uh, well, another <laughs> Another colleague of ours, uh, Ricky Doyle, and I were uh, discussing Boston, the old Boston Garden uh, this afternoon, and I was talking to him about uh, the Bay Bank logo. So that is, uh, that is the first real bit of insight to our uh, Bruins Capitals preview here in 2021. Um, so this series starts Saturday night in Washington. The Caps have home ice advantage, um, as is really the case for a lot of the teams in, or most of the teams in the playoffs. Uh, in the, the East Division, pretty even uh, series of matchups in the regular season. The Bruins did win the season series 4-2. Uh, with a, Well, 4-2-2. Two and two. I don't even know how you would go. I guess they kind of split it, uh, technically. If Depends on how you look at it. If you're talking from a pure points perspective, the Bruins won. The- sure, but, you know. At the, when we're, we're here in the uh, in the playoffs, points don't matter. So That's correct. It's like, whose line is it anyway? Yes, exactly. It's all made up. Um, so, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, Saturday, uh, it opens up. And then after that, I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's every other day throughout the series. Uh, a handful of those games can be seen on Nesson, so be sure to uh, check your local listings. But I know two through four are definitely on Nesson, so that's exciting for us. Um, this is a very interesting matchup. I guess we can just kind of go around the room. Uh, overall or initial thoughts uh, about this series entering Saturday night, Logan, why don't you kick us off? Well, I always like to look at what people from other markets think about the Bruins because we watch them so much that like we, I mean, how many times have we sat here and nitpicked about stuff because we just don't want to talk about them being good. And so I sit there and I basically find a way to be like, well, the Bruins have a really tough task ahead of them, which I do think they do. But then you look at the other side and it's like, well, every team's dealing with something like you could gripe about every team's third line if you wanted to. So when I start to look nationally and you read these stories that, you know, the the big outlets, right, where they talk to executives and coaches and stuff like that, everyone loves the Bruins. And so I think that the way that they've been playing and the way that they've constructed the roster, there is an obvious belief that they think they can win with skill and speed which might work for them i think the idea of oh you just have to you know have a bunch of enforcers out there to match what the capitals do i think that's antiquated i think if the bruins try and play a purely physical series it's gonna ultimately kill them but i think this shapes up well enough for the bruins and i think the big deciding factor too is goaltending i think that's ultimately what is going to settle the series is the fact that 
the Bruins have a very proven playoff performer in Tuka Rask. And the Capitals are probably going to have to roll with Vitek Vanacek, who's had a good year in his own right for somebody who's only toiled in the minors. But unless you get a Jordan Bennington or a Braden Holpe of 2012 type of thing, then I would say the Bruins hold advantages where it matters most. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's going to be a tough series for both teams. And I think Logan nailed it. It's, it's certainly going to come down to goaltending. I mean, we saw it in the final game of the regular season that the Capitals won the final second of the game and it was a two, one game. So, you know, Jeremy Swayman doesn't have any playoff experience, but Tuka Rask has that proven track record and he's Swayman's proven plenty that he should definitely got that backup spot, but it's going to be, I mean, the Capitals are a tough team. Nobody's going to deny that. And they're a very thorough team. They're a very complete team. And it's going to be, I don't see this game on the series going, you know, five games or it's going to be like six or seven game series easy. It's going to be a long, tiring series for both teams. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I go last. There's not a whole lot to add. Um, I do think if the Bruins end up losing this series, it looks a lot like the 2018. What year were they in the Stanley Cup final? I already forgot. Um, 19. 19, yeah. I've lost track of years. Um, I think it looks a lot like that if they end up losing the series because uh, I, I do think, and especially if you look at like the advanced numbers, they all favor the Bruins. Um, they're just it's, – it's almost like a role reversal from what we've come to expect from the Bruins, at least – earlier on in this part of the Sweeney slash Shirelli years where it's the Bruins are now the, the skilled team trying to avoid a tougher, bigger, stronger uh, team on the other side. And I do think that if there is a chance for, for Washington to win the series, which I mean, it clearly is, but like if they're going to win the series, I think it's because they grind down the Bruins, they wear them out. They, you know, inflict pain and physical harm on them. Um, not necessarily uh, an egregious way, but I think, you know, they we've seen in the past, in the really recent past, like you can kind of get physical with the Bruins and kind of take them out of their game. You know, can Washington catch them? I, you know, that remains to be seen. It's again, with how even the season series was, it's, it's, you know, it, it's going to be a, a pretty, pretty long series. I'm, I'm with Lauren on that part. Like, I think it's going to be a bit of a war. Um I wonder whether that favors the Bruins in the long run. Uh, it, it, but it, it's a tough, like I've, I've had this conversation with other people, like this is whoever loses this series, you're, it, you know, we're losing like one of the five or six top Stanley cup contenders in the NHL after the series. The place I land and we'll probably get into predictions and whatnot later is the capitals defense, like in terms of their own zone, they stink. Like their their top pairing, John Carlson is an inept defensive defenseman, and he plays like twenty three minutes a night. And the thing is, the Bruins have long leaned on just being good defensively and hoping that the offense comes around. Historically, it is not. But since the trade deadline, the Bruins have been one of the better teams in terms of creating offense in the whatever it was sixteen game sample size. If they get that, then I think the Bruins have a pretty defined advantage over the Capitals, purely because the Bruins, for even letting Zdeno Chara walk, have been a strong enough team in their own zone. And so I think that that, if you get 
out of the second and fourth lines, what you've seen over the last few weeks, the last month, basically, then I think that it's still probably going six games, but I think the Bruins have a much clearer advantage. I mean, the, the capitals and the thing too is for so long, we heard the anti Chara crowd say that he's too slow and the Bruins now with the way that they're constructed are the exact type of team that could expose that. Like if you're, and if that's true, then you're at the point where the best defensive defenseman on the Capitals is probably Brendan Dillon. And you'll live with that if you're the Bruins. Yeah. To that point, I think the Bruins, especially that first line has the chance to put the Capitals in a blender. And I think this maybe too is where the, the trade deadline moves really start to to look even better. I mean, it's, it's certainly, it's been a, a smashing success so far, assuming Charlie Coyle is healthy and assuming that third line is cycling and, and playing a puck possession game that it played down the stretch to the point where Bruce Cassidy has sung its praises at every opportunity he's had. Um, assuming they have that depth up and down the lineup. I think you look at the first line and this could be a series where they just completely go off because they had their way with Washington throughout the season. I was just looking it up. I think uh, I want to get the numbers correct. Um, Pasternak had three goals, five assists in, you know, seven games. Uh, Marshawn had seven goals in those seven games, went along with six assists. And Bergeron had three goals and six assists. So, I mean, they all had at least, what, seven, eight, nine points in seven games. So if you get that throughout the, the, the series, I, you know, you feel pretty good. And again, to, kind of to Logan's point and to, to my thing about the depth is if you, if you can't play the matchup game, like we've seen in the past, like that's where the Bruins have really gotten in trouble is when you can erase that first line. I, I wonder whether the caps have a, the manpower and B, I wonder if it even matters with how much depth the Bruins have. Yeah. I think the depth is something that we've talked about kind of all season that even when the Bruins weren't hundred percent healthy, they were still winning games against good teams and hard teams to beat. And I think that's going to come obviously in handy in the playoffs when they're 99% healthy and, you know, they're only one injury away from needing that depth. And that's both on the forward line and the blue line. And just to have that depth is, I don't really think Washington has that. And like you said, if, if, if they can, you know, if the first line can just do what they've done all season, it's going to be a very long season uh, series for the Capitals. I do think the health thing is probably being underplayed and maybe I'm just more, cynical than most but like for the capitals i i don't think john carlson's fully healthy i especially don't think tj oshi is fully healthy like they're holding him out after line rushes in practice like that, that's what the bruins are doing with kevin miller and tj oshi kills the bruins uh they've had nicholas backstrom who's in his where mid to late 30s also missing time with injuries like ovechkin. alex ovechkin just came back from an injury they they might have a full roster, you know, air quotes, but I, I don't think that they're entering this as healthy as the Bruins are. And that could be a potentially underplayed storyline. If, if the Capitals, I know I just ripped on John Carlson for being an awful defensive defenseman, but but guy can move a hell of a puck. And so if the Capitals lose any one of those guys, Carlson, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, they are hoes. Like, I, I don't think the depth is there because then you're playing what Daniel Carr in, in your middle six. That's too much. You have Trevor Van Riemsdyk taking over for John Carlson. Like 
not to say that the Bruins are drowning in comparable depth. I mean, if the Bruins lose any defenseman, the next man up is Connor Clifton or Jared Tenorti. But the, the Capitals, it just seems like they have guys right on the precipice of actual injury. And the depth is just razor thin. Tenorti looked very good the other night. Tenorti looked fantastic the other night. In addition, not just that, like, the play where he just weaved through just about everybody to set up the goal. Like, he – I thought he played a pretty strong defensive game. Um, I, it's weird because, like, to, on that point, like, I don't think a lot of people would say the Bruins have defensive depth, and I don't want to get too carried away with one meaningless game, but – and I don't want to oversell guys who aren't – you know, going to be on level nine to start the series, but like they, I think they might have more defensive depth than I realized, or at least gave them credit for, especially if those, those depth guys are healthy. Like they are in a much better position clearly than they were a year ago. I mean, remember last year in the playoffs, even, you know, when they came back, it's like, you know, injuries and just, they, even after the break, they didn't feel like they were at full 100% on the blue line. So that is a big thing. I was just looking at the numbers too. This this blows my mind. The Bruins, I mean, they're 13th in goals per game. They ended up fourth in goals allowed per game. Yeah. And they had a top 10 special teams unit on both sides. So I think it's a, I mean, it feels like the the Capitals have had one of the two or three best power plays for the entirety of Alex Ovechkin's career. That's no different this year. They ranked third. Um, adding Chara certainly helped the penalty kill. They have a top five penalty kill, but like, Special teams, it looks like it's going to be a wash. Um, you know, we've gone into some of those other matchups. I, I guess if we want to be pessimistic for a second here, where, if at all, do you guys really see the – I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but how do the, how do the Capitals win this series or how do the Bruins lose this series, in, in your guys' opinion? I mean, I think – I mean, my biggest fear is that Tuka Rask isn't 100% healthy and that he just – tweaks his back injury or there's a new injury um, that comes up and then Jeremy Swayman doesn't have that experience and it's just like all hell breaks loose. I don't foresee that happening in Swayman's case just because of everything that he's shown in the regular season. But I mean, we've seen just teams be one injury away and it happens and then it just falls apart. And I think that's, that's my biggest thing right now, especially let's say Tuka gets hurt and he's out long-term does that mean Halak steps in and obviously he has not been having the best time lately. So it's, that's where my biggest like red flags are. For me, I think it's if the Bruins try and play like the Capitals, Yep. because where my mind goes to, and Lauren, you and I probably worked this together. I, I think it had to have been the 2019 playoffs where in game one or two, they were getting thrown around by the Maple Leafs. And then they put David Backus in. And I remember watching the first period of like game three and it was gong show territory. Like it was any hit, any time the Bruins could take the body, they would. And that was a bit more their game a few years ago than it is now. And it worked for the time being, but they found out that it wasn't sustainable. The way they ended up winning those series against the Leafs was because they found a way to score and they won with their speed. So you know, and I think that brings up the philosophical question of like, you know, do you play Jared Tenorti over Jeremy Lozon because Tenorti is a little bit bigger and he's, you know, maybe more willing to fight Tom Wilson and take the body and all that crap. But the Bruins are going to lose this series if they try and play like the Capitals. 
And I think sometimes they've fallen into that pattern a little too much. And the only other thing would be as if the offense goes dry, which it did periodically for stretches during the season, not really since the trade deadline, but like, we don't know yet the sample size, even for 16 games is not big enough to know if waters found its level, right? Like we don't know for sure if this is exactly who the Bruins are, this offensive juggernaut, there's reason to believe they could be, but if the Bruins go quiet offensively or they decide they want to play like the Capitals and just turn it in to Donnybrook season, then I, it's going to sink them. Yeah. I, I think it comes down to making the most of their opportunities. And if the Bruins miss out on opportunities, whether it's a power play because somebody did something stupid, or, I mean, even if it's just a puck over the glass, like they need to capitalize on all of their opportunities earned or unearned early on in the series, because I do think the longer that this thing goes on, the more it favors the Capitals for a lot of the reasons I've already talked about. And it's just, when you're playing this physical of a game against this physical of a team, you're what you're a jammed wrist, you know, away. Like it's, I, I look at like the David Krejci injury back in 2010 with, you know, a collision, an open ice collision or something. And it's just, you're not right. The rest of the series or the rest of the playoffs. So like, and that's the other thing too, if the Bruins get by this, like, it, it behooves them to really win this series as early and as quickly as possible, because there's probably going to be some residual effects moving forward, because I just, I do think that they're going to get beat up on a little bit and they're going to have to withstand that where they can. And to your point, point Logan, they might have to turn the other cheek every once in a while. It's a wild conversation to have, um, you know, here in, in 2021 or whatever, like this is what the Bruins are now, but I, I think it's their best chance to win is to kind of, to be, you know, be the smarter team, be the more skilled team, be the more talented team, because I think across the board, they are that, but that can be erased in, you know, one Tom Wilson cheap shot where you just lose your mind. And I understand how you end up losing your mind in that situation, but they just need to, to make sure that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, that's what they did against the Leafs two years in a row with, you know, they obviously were pissed about the stuff that was happening with Nazem Kadri. But, like, short of the one game that I just referenced, like, they didn't really turn it into cheap shot season, whereas, like, headshots on Tavares and Matthews and Marner. So, I wholeheartedly agree with that. This is I, – I, I've heard other people compare the compare the series to the Leafs series from a couple of years ago. I, I, I see that. I think this, this Capitals team is nowhere near as good as that Leafs team. Am I – wrong right i don't i mean that that capitals or that leafs team stunk defensively both of them but this one i mean this capital team isn't great defensively and i would argue toronto has more high-end talent uh that is true i'll give you that dimitri orlov's nice though (laughs) i think the goaltending is probably a wash too sorry Um, i spoke over lauren yeah lauren (laughs) you have anything to add yeah, I know. I was just going to say pretty much the same thing. So. Dimitri Orlov's nice. Yeah, that's that was my selling point right there. We can get into the lineups a little bit here. Uh, Logan, I was just thinking about this too as you were making your point. I think the Bruins should go as skilled as possible to start, and then you can kind of break glass in case of an emergency where you can bring in Tenorti if you really want to, or you can bring in Trent Frederick if, you, if he doesn't start the series. I think they have – Again, not their game, but they have options. So, Logan, I guess you could start us off. Anything in terms of the lineup you want to see the Bruins do, you think the Bruins should do, you think they will do? Well, I think – I don't think they'll do this, but I think Frederick or Kuhlman should be playing over Wagner. 
I, I, every time I watch Carson Kuhlman, I have no clue why he's not in the lineup every game, but what I go back to is whatever was the like second or third time the Bruins played the Capitals this season and Frederick basically goaded Tom Wilson into a fight at the end of the game. And Laviolette was pissed about it because he's like, Trent Frederick plays 10 minutes a night for the Bruins and gives them very little on the score sheet. And Tom Wilson's like an actual skill player. I think that's where Trent Frederick could be a very good addition is basically just agitating guys. And so I would be fine with a fourth line that's either Frederick Lazar and DeBrusque on the right, or you could even have Frederick center the line if you wanted to and put Lazar on the right and DeBrusque on the left. But Frederick has already found a way to get under guy's skins. I mean, he got Alex Ovechkin to spear him in the crotch because he was so bothersome, such a thorn in the side to a guy who's been, you know, playing for 15, 20 years and is one of the most legendary players in the game. Like, if you can do that to multiple top six forwards for the Capitals, why would you not? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think Trent Frederick definitely needs to be in the lineup. Um, you know, like Logan said, he agitates veterans. He's not agitating the younger guys. He's really getting under the Ovechkins, the Oshis, the Wilsons. And when he can agitate them enough, he can get them off the ice for two minutes, five minutes. And that's something that the Bruins should certainly use to their advantage. Cassidy has no issue with the way Frederick has played. He said that several times that as long as it doesn't interfere with how the Bruins play and how he plays, he's fine with him going at guys. And I think that's what they need to not necessarily win the series, but help them kind of gain that advantage, especially over those veteran guys. Cause we all know what Alex Ovechkin can do. TJ Oshie is just a menace against the Bruins and you need that just kind of agitator on that fourth line. Cause that's, that's what, that's what they do on the fourth line. Am I crazy for thinking that they should at least consider not starting the series with Frederick in the lineup? Like, cause I, and I think I'm just trying to over, think it here and I'm probably trying to be too much of a galaxy brain where it's like yeah but what if you lose game three you know and it's like now it's a time to to bring in your spark plug when I guess you could probably just do that from the start so maybe as I, I explained it I'm talking myself out of it I'm not really the other thing is I'm not really sure what the better option is especially it doesn't sound like I mean Logan you were in on uh calls today I think Andre Kasha is not going to be ready for game one correct he is not no so that changes it, I guess. I If he was ready, like, I love that fourth line. I love the idea of that fourth line that they were running out there the other night when it was DeBrusque, Lazar, and Kasha, where it's basically your second line from a year ago with uh, a little bit of a, you know, caffeine pill thrown in at center uh, with Lazar and how well he's played. So, yeah, maybe unless, you you know, you want to mix and match with Kuhlman or, you know, go with Wagner, assuming uh, Coyle's healthy. I, I don't know. I mean, we're talking bottom six here. It's it's going to tinker. Like, there's no way they're going to go the same lineup through the entire series. And if they do, they probably sweat. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could make the case that Frederick could play over DeBrusque, maybe. But, like, my thing I mean, is that's, that's, this, it's a ceilings thing. Like, it, yeah. the Bruins are so much better. It, the, the, if DeBrusque hits his ceiling versus Trent Frederick hitting his seal. Well, and that's – so I guess that's almost why I think maybe Frederick gets held back early because you go with DeBrusque, and if you get mid-March DeBrusque or whatever when you got benched for basically 
his give a damn not being high enough, then it makes sense to change it up. But yeah, that's, I mean, that is what they did with Bacchus in 2019. Like Bacchus was, it was literally Bacchus and Kuhlman back and forth on that second line right wing, which is horrifying to think that they made it to the Stanley cup final uh, in such a situation. But like it was when they wanted to impose their will, Bacchus would go out there and he'd play seven minutes a night. And when they wanted somebody who was a faster spark plug and could go and hunt pucks, it was Coolman. Yeah. Um, Lauren, what do you make of the Zdeno Chara uh, storyline in the series? No, I think that it's going to be a storyline through and through. Um, it's always going to be there, no matter how much longer Chara plays, not a member of the Bruins. Um, I do think that it's obviously a major storyline. Capitals get to the playoffs first round and they're, he's, Chara's playing his former team. Um, I think there's obviously bigger things to focus on. There's obviously a Stanley Cup at stake, but I mean, people love Zidane Chara here in Boston. So it's it's going to be a storyline no matter what. I don't think it matters much at all. I don't know, Logan, I don't know what you think. Like it's... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't want to be an ass because I'm just, I'm tired of it. I've seen them seven times already. No. It's like, yeah, you know what? It, it, it is a storyline, right? Like you really couldn't draw it up much better, but it's like, I think that all goes away about 15 seconds into game one, unless something stupid happens. It will. And so here's the thing. It's going to be awesome. There, something stupid will happen, whether it's he gets goaded in because he's got to come to the, the defense of Tom Wilson or, you know, something loony like that. I, I do think at some point we're going to get a situation where Zdeno Chara is squaring off with guys that he was very close with. Not, I don't think he's going to be fighting, but I just, I look very much look forward to a post whistle scrum where we're giving out, you know, roughing penalties because Zdeno Chara is putting Brad Marsh on in the headlock. I think that that at least, brings me entertainment value so i look forward to that um i do think it's interesting he is obviously very familiar with the bruins system um but on the other hand the bruins are very familiar with him and if there's anybody who know how to to kind of expose him it's going to be the bruins especially um you know after what we saw last year at times so i don't know he's been good for them uh he's helped them like i said with, i think like especially on like the penalty kill and especially with the the lack of defensive depth uh, that the Caps have. I think he's an important player for them, but it is an interesting, uh, interesting little wrinkle to the series because, you know, for better or worse, I think Don Sweeney's got a lot riding on, on that decision. So that is something to keep in mind. Uh, one other thing I want to get to before we do our predictions is the Tom Wilson factor. I think we kind of have to talk about that. Uh, Logan, you watch this stuff closer than I do. Um you know, you, you were more familiar with Tom Wilson's game and, and things that have happened in recent memory. Do you see him playing a relatively honest game here that, I mean, clearly he's going to toe the line, but just how, what is your confidence level in somebody like Tom Wilson keeping his head together for a seven game series? Well, I, I'm not convinced he will because why would you, or why would you? And it's also like, this is, if this was a year ago, when he had gone a longer stretch of not, you know, stirring stuff up, I'd probably be more inclined to say that, but we have a few demonstrated instances this year of complete jackassery. So uh, the thing is from a Bruins standpoint, they should not be focused on taking Tom Wilson out of the series. Like I think that would be a major mistake 
is if they're like, we're going to put Kevin Miller on the ice for the opening shift and we're going to have him run Wilson into the boards or try and fight Wilson. Like, I think giving him that kind of attention is silly outside of just respecting him for being a very good top six four. I was going to say getting Wilson going and I don't know if he's the kind of guy who plays better when he's pissed or when he feels like he's the focal point, like just don't even, don't even get involved. Like don't try because I mean, who knows if you get under his skin, you piss him off. Like maybe he just becomes, you know, otherworldly. And all of a sudden you're dealing, you know, I think like, just refusing to engage with him probably makes the most sense because, you know, if they, if the injuries are as bad as you kind of hinted at there, like he's going to be a pretty important player for them. So let him be an idiot. If he wants to, that's going to hurt them. I think it's short of antagonizing him. Like that, that's the only thing is like, you can try and lure him into doing stupid stuff, but I I also think if the Bruins decide that they want to make this, it goes back to the same thing. If they decide that they want to make this a big physical series, then I hope Kevin Miller's ready to play 25 minutes a night because that's, that's basically it. It's going to be Miller and Lozon. It's going to be that third pairing. And like, they are not going to win the series if they try and do that. So treat Tom Wilson as, the good offensive player that he is. If he does something stupid, you obviously have to address it. But I also think that the Bruins trying to send a message right away isn't going to stop Tom Wilson from doing something stupid. Like it's so clear he can't help himself that the Bruins, you know, dressing Jared Tenorti in the first game to try and fight him will do absolutely nothing to curb that behavior. So the Kadri thing is kind of a case study in how they've handled this in the past is that yeah if i'm not mistaken right they kind of just let it go and well then, the nhl kind of handled it for well them. that's the thing yeah and i mean i think and then they you know you address it next year i think that we're kind of in that zone when it comes to tom wilson and the bruins so i would kind of mind my p's and q's if i was the bruins all right let's do predictions lauren who you got uh, i got bruins in seven okay logan i've you know i probably would have gone a little bit longer earlier but i've sufficiently just dump truck the capitals in my mind so i'll go i'll go bruins in five wow all right i got bruins in six i think they do it on home ice if it gets back to washington i don't like their chances but um again it comes down to making the most of opportunities i think they've if they've got a chance to close the series out on on home ice in game six they have to do it otherwise i don't like their chances going back to washington um one thing we I don't really trust talk- vanacek what's that i said i don't trust vanacek well like, i think there's a sizable goaltending difference but in a vacuum yes but i mean the tukarask thing is real like we've seen at times you know it's been a little shaky in big games so that's kind of maybe and again in one game who knows like you don't want to you know that's that's a tough spot especially when you got alex ovechkin on the other side of the ice um it'll be interesting too i haven't really considered this but we can kind of reconvene next week to see if this plays any factor is the crowd thing i wonder how that's gonna kind of to go I mean, I wonder if uh, these teams are going through back channels trying to put pressure on uh, states and municipalities to, uh, to to allow more fans in the building. Um, 
because you know it benefits them so it'll be weird I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dink but do the capitals have fans in the building they do i double checked that last time because they they, they run the sure. tarps at ice yeah. level so far up and it's so dark above it that every time i've watched a game i've been like i honestly cannot tell if there buffalo, are people yeah buffalo is kind of the same way but there's like a i i maybe i'm wrong we'll have to double check this and edit this out if i'm wrong but I'm pretty sure, like in there, what they would consider like the 200 and 300 levels, they had a smattering of people. I don't gotcha. think it's a huge amount, but um, Bruins just went up to what 25%. So that's gonna be it's gonna be weird, it's gonna be weird, but it's better than being in a bubble. So uh, I'm sure. looking forward to it. As I said, games two through four at the very least will be on Nesson, so be sure to check that out. We'll have all the coverage. Uh, we've got our main series preview coming up. Uh, very soon, probably by the time you hear this, it'll be up uh, on the on Nesson.com. So. Friday. Friday. Yeah, I mean, who knows when this will go up. Mark. Get your stuff in, Mike, okay? Well, I'm just saying Mark's taking care of this, so by the time, you know. Um, yeah, so it'll be up, and we'll have a preview, full game coverage across the board. So uh, keep it locked on Nesson and Nesson.com for Bruins Caps uh, preview and uh, reaction. So, guys, it's been fun. Looking forward to this. We'll reconvene next week and kind of – Go over what should be a grueling series. So for Lauren and Logan, I'm Mike. This has been the Nesson Bruins Podcast. Thanks for joining us. See you again next week.